welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 263. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. It's February. It is a week or so before Valentine's Day. I hope you have gotten your favorite Valentine a Valentine, even if that Valentine is yourself. Get yourself something nice. Get uh, that special person in your life something nice. Or dog or parakeet or a spider that hangs out in a corner of your living room. You know, whatever. It's been a rough year or so. It's time to take a minute to uh, pause and do something nice for someone. Like, uh, I I don't know, your favorite podcaster, maybe. Speaking of doing nice things for your favorite podcaster, I have to make a mention of Patrick McCarthy, Patreon supporter. He had thoughts about Blip Comics. Here's what he said. I have some issues of a comic called Blip that Marvel put out in the early 80s to capitalize on the video game craze. There's some Atari coverage in there for sure, and I'm sure I can find some cool retro Atari ads and other titles from that era. In fact, I was looking through some issues recently and saw an ad for a game called Crypts of Chaos that I almost put on the list I sent you. That list being a list of games for me to play. As you know, if you subscribe to the Patreon at 4 bucks a month, you get to suggest some games. We're going to put a pin in that, though, Patrick, because uh, I have a little bone to pick with you this week. But aside from that, thanks for the comments. I did look up Blip Magazine, or Blip Comics, which is not a thing, honestly, that I was familiar with. Oh, hi, it's Henry. Hello. What's up, Henry? You're getting old. I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if you can hear him on the mic or not, but he wanted to take an opportunity just to wander into the room and tell me I'm old. Because mm-hmm. uh, kids do that. Those of you who don't have kids, look what you're missing out on. Because if there's anything that can remind you of your mortality more than your kid, uh, I don't know what it is. What are you doing, Henry? Telling you you're old because you're turning 50 tomorrow. Seriously, that's the only reason you came in here is to remind me that I'm almost 50? Yeah. Dang. Don't you have something else to do? No. You got like a whole Sunday ahead of you. Couldn't you find something else to do? Not now. Really? You're just going to wander in every so often and tell me I'm old? Mm-hmm. That's very cool, Henry. I appreciate that. Okay, bye. Kids, man. You're jerks. So, anyway, what was I saying? So, I found a website, www, because that's how websites work, mycomicshop.com. It uh, has a breakdown of various issues. I don't know if this is all of the issues, but the listing starts with February 1983. First appearance of Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers in comics. Edited by Joe Claro, new from Marvel Comics, the video game magazine to help you become a better gamer. The issue features tips on how to beat Centipede and Missile Command. Cover price, one buck. In March of 83, uh, Spider-Man uh, was on the cover, apparently. Spider-Man plays Spider-Man the video game. Featuring six pages of Spider-Man comics with Green Goblin, plus tips on how to win at Donkey Kong and Tron. Also a dollar. A bargain at twice the price, if you ask me. April of 83. Video games in school? Featuring player's choice, a review of ColecoVision, and a new substitute for the joystick. (laughs) Plus, the feature, Find the Fake. Four new games that sound too good to be true, but three of them are real. May of 83, will computers leave video games behind? June had a look at Tron and Zaxxon, and television's Dungeons & Dragons, and much more. July of 83, learn how a video game is born when BLP, when Blip, rather, visits iMagic, Ima- uh, E-Magic, this is the part of the show where I mispronounce E-Magic, or possibly I-Magic, 
headquarters. And then August of 83, featuring video game tops for Pac-Man and Donkey Kong Jr. includes a six-page Hulk story, plus what's new from Atari, Coleco and Mattel, cover price a buck. Evidently, you could at one point buy issues of this magazine from this website, mycomicshop.com. Looks like the last two, June and July, are out of stock, but evidently you can still buy the other ones. They're a little pricey, anywhere from $47. Well, okay, some of them are 8 bucks. Actually, I don't quite understand these price listings. But at any rate, you can buy issues of this uh, magazine. It only goes up, it only has summaries for issues from Mar- uh, February through August. I don't know if that's all the issues there are. It only has summaries for issues for February through August of 83. I don't know if that's all the issues that there were, or if it's just all the ones that this website has. At any rate, it sounds very similar to what I do on the show here. Talk about video games and give you stories. If I'm repeating myself a little bit, uh, it's because Audacity is glitching a bit today. And I want to make sure, because uh, I can't tell in real time, I want to make sure that there aren't huge gaps in what I'm saying as much as I can avoid it. The stories in this Blip ma- magazine, which, I, like I said, I haven't really seen before, sound a bit more fan fiction-y, as well as obviously more straight news video game news stories than I do here, but it still sounds kind of cool. Patrick, if you can find some of your issues and maybe send us some uh, photos or your own summaries or whatever, that might be kind of interesting, and I will share them on the show. Patrick has started a message board over on the Patreon page. If you go over to the messages over there on Patreon, you can check that out. I will try to remember to put a link in the show notes. He has, as of this recording, already posted a copy of the cover of Blip Magazine, issue number five, has various comic representations of iconic characters of that time, like Rocky and E.T. He also posted a copy of a Tutankham ad, uh, Atari Tutankham ad, uh, so that's kind of fun to see. His caption for the cover is, Hey there, Bill and fellow patrons, wanted to get the message board going, so I thought I'd post something nerdy from my comic collection. Marvel put out a video game-themed comic in 1983 called Blip. Here's the cover to issue 5. Some serious 80s stuff going on here, and that's for sure. Uh, I mentioned Rocky. We've got, looks like, maybe Jaws holding a joystick in his teeth. I think I see Spock, background, the Pink Panther. Some good stuff there, so go check that out. Thanks for doing that, Patrick. I look forward to seeing what else you put up there, which is the last time I'm going to say thank you to you this episode, but we'll get into that in a minute. If anyone else has thoughts about Blip Magazine, let me know. All right. Well, reluctantly, I think it's time to get on to this week's game. This week's game is... <sighs> Porky's from 20th Century Fox, 1983. So here's the deal. Patrick, as I said, is a Patreon supporter. Four bucks a month. It earned him the right to suggest some video games. Now, I am grateful for Patrick's support, as I am for all of the patron support and, frankly, for anybody who listens to this dumb show. However, while I have liked some of the games Patrick has suggested, I, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna spoil my review here, I hate this game. I hate it so much. I hate everything about it. Well, that's not true. There's one thing I liked about it, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I hate the premise. I hate the gameplay. I hate how the game looks. It is probably going to go down as my least favorite Atari game ever. 263 episodes. I played some games I didn't like. played a lot of games I really did like. A lot of games I just kind of liked okay. And probably a few that I just didn't really care for. 
but there has not been a game to date that I actively hated as much as I hate the Porky's video game. So here's what the game is for anyone who doesn't know. For anyone out there who is blissfully unaware of what the Porky's video game is, well, I'm going to ruin that for you right now. 20th Century Fox, huh, the uh, tagline for 20th Century Fox is Games of the Century. Hmm. The tagline for 20th Century Fox on the manual says Games of the Century. That's kind of funny. The manual transcription of the manual I have here says there's a neat little foldout in the actual manual. I don't know what that looks like because uh, I don't have the actual manual. So, so here's the objective, such as it is. Revenge is sweet, and the objective of this game is to, quote, get it. I guess as in get revenge. Your task is to help Pee Wee blow up Porky's bar and obtain as many points as possible. There are various things you can do with the difficulty switches and the color switch. Left difficulty switch in A makes the shower scene more difficult. Left difficulty switch in B makes it less difficult. Right difficulty switch A, swamp scene most difficult. Right difficulty switch B, swamp scene less difficult. Black and white switch makes ball bricker most aggressive. And the color switch makes ball bricker less aggressive. Setting your, diff- your, your switches to AA black and white is the expert play level. BB color is the normal play level. You know, I was going to save this till later, but why don't we pause here and just talk about what Porky's is. Most of you probably know this. If you're a guy who was a teenager in the 80s, you probably know what this movie is, at least the shower scene. But for those of you who don't, Porky's was a 1981 Canadian-American teen sex comedy written and directed by Bob Clark, which is the only thing it has going for it. Bob Clark is the director of... Certainly my favorite holiday movie, one of my favorite all-time movies, period, uh, A Christmas Story. So uh, I'm a little sad. I, I, I marvel, not sad, I marvel a little bit at the fact that the same guy that made A Christmas Story made this movie. I marvel at the fact that the same guy that made A Christmas Story also made this movie. But there you go. The movie set in 1954, fictional Angel Beach High School in Florida. The film influenced many writers in the teen film genre and spawned two sequels, Porky's 2 The Next Day in 83 and Porky's Revenge in 85, and a remake of the original titled Porky's Pimpin' Pee-wee in 2009. Porky's was the fifth highest grossing film of 1982, which tells you how really awful the films in 1982 must have been. Here's the plot. In 1954, each boy in a group of Florida high school students plans to lose his virginity. They go to Porky's, a nightclub, in the Everglades, believing that they can hire a prostitute to satisfy their sexual desires. The bordello's proprietor, Porky, takes their money, but humiliates the boys by dumping them into the swamp. When the group demands their money back, the sheriff, Porky's brother, drives them away, but not before he extorts them for the rest of their money. After Mickey, who returned to Porky's for revenge, is beaten so badly he has to be hospitalized, the game becomes hell-bent on exacting revenge on Porky and his brother, eventually sinking Porky's establishment into the swamp. The local cops chase them out of the county. One of the officers, Mickey's older brother, Ted, repeatedly damages Porky's car, promising to drop all charges against Porky for driving an unsafe vehicle if the night's events are forgiven. Because the boys are too young to have been allowed into Porky's legally, Porky and his brother agree. There's also a subplot, and it's the subplot, I suspect, that attracted teenage boys' attention when this movie came out. The boys peep on co-ed students in the girls' locker room shower, and Tommy, Billy, and Pee-wee see several girls showering. Pee-wee gives them away when he shouts at a heavier girl who's been blocking his view to move so that he can see. While a few girls run out, most stay, finding the situation funny. 
To test their attitude, Tommy sticks his tongue out through the peephole, but gets it smeared with soap. Infuriated, he drops his pants and sticks his penis through the opening just before female coach Balula Ballbricker, who has a running feud with Tommy, walks into the shower area, sees the protruding member, grabs it, and pulls it. Tommy manages to Tommy manages to get away, but the coach convinces the principal to hold a lineup of sorts, or at least ask the principal to hold a lineup of sorts so that she can identify it. There's another subplot about a couple of the coaches being infatuated with each other. Various people have sex, and yeah. So that's the movie, basically. So, the game starts with you at the county line, ready to enter Porky's territory. The manual goes on to introduce you to some of the characters, but it really doesn't matter. There's Edward Pee Wee Morris. I mentioned him in my little film summary. There's Porky, the owner of the nightclub. There's Miss Ballbricker, who the manual says is out to grab anything she can. If she does, it's the pits. Those are basically the three characters in the fi- in the game. The objective is to run the highway gauntlet and blow up Porky's bar. Here's how the control works. You move right to left, only so long as you hold the joystick in that direction. Duh. In the up and down directions, Pee-wee will attempt to move all the way up, all the way into the next band, county line. The bands are just rows of traffic, basically. There's a motor, row of motorboats, police cars, Porky's girls, which look like Atari versions of naked girls, attack pigs, Porky's bouncers, the pigmobile, and just what they call a last band. You have to get across it kind of like the frog and frogger, basically. And it's really hard to do, next to impossible which is really just to set up the next part of the game. If you get hit by one of the vehicles, which you will, you end up in the swamp. To escape the swamp, you have to pull vault over the swamp, collect in place four bricks to form an escape ladder. Here's the only part of the game that I actually kind of like, although only up to an, a certain point. It is almost, it is tricky almost to the point of being unfair with how hard it is to get Pee-wee to grab the pole vault and jump up onto the ledge. That said, doing it actually looks kind of cool. Your guy looks a little bit like Pitfall Harry. He runs, he grabs the pole vault, he swings up onto the ledge. It looks kind of cool. But the whole point of the swamp is really infuriating because you have to go back and forth between ledges on either side of the screen. You have to grab four bricks on each side, put them on the ladder. The manual keeps calling them bricks. More Probably more accurate to say rungs of the ladder. The actual pole vaulting itself looks kind of cool, but the rest of it is dumb. Plus, you're going to end up in the swamp a bunch. Because anytime you get caught on another screen, you end up back in the swamp. So, when you're in the swamp, you vault by running toward the vaulting pole and pressing the joystick button at precisely the right moment when you're within the allowable range. Watch your thumb pressure if you want to make it to the other side. To place bricks, move against the ladder and press the button on the joystick. Each brick placed gets you 100 points. Exiting the scene gets you 100 points. Each pole vault jump gets you negative 25 points. That's right. Every time you miss the vault, which you will constantly, you lose 25 points. Falling into the swamp loses you 100 points, and you will fall into the swamp a lot, because if you're running at the vault and you miss, which you will most of the time, there's nowhere else to go but into the swamp, and you've lost 100 points. If you get caught by Porky, who hangs out in the swamp occasionally, which you will because he hangs out on one of the ledges, you lose a random number of points. If you find yourself back in the swamp, which you will, you won't have to rebuild the ladder. That's the only good part. But you still have to pull vault up onto a ledge, and you have to avoid Porky, which you can't. And then you have to get back up to the next level, which is the shower. That's right. There is a shower scene in this Atari 2600 game. 
your objective is to keep your mind off of Wendy, who I guess is the naked girl in the shower in the center of the screen. I mean, it's Atari naked, but clearly you can tell what they're trying to show you. And then you have to push. They don't even have, know what this thing is. They just call it the brightly colored object at the top of the screen. You have to get up there to this thing that looks kind of like, to me, a coiled lasso. Like Wonder Woman stopped by and dropped her lasso kind of thing. But even the manual doesn't know what it's supposed to be. They just call it the brightly colored object. Now, to get up there, you have to climb various ladders up to this object toward the top of the screen. Get to the object, which means jumping over some gaps in the scaffolding or whatever. This is a very weird locker room. Kick the thing until it goes off of a ledge into a hole in the bottom of the screen. And you have to do all of this while avoiding Coach Ballbreaker, who moves very fast and doesn't have to climb the ladders. She can move however she wants, but you can only move on the ladders. And climbing the ladders requires being precisely positioned by the ladder and hitting the joystick just the right way to get your guy to go up. So by the time you've done that, well, Ballbreaker's already there. To maneuver around the gymnasium, move Pee-wee right, left, and up and down the ladder with the joystick. When you need to jump, press the button. Pushing an object into the pit gets you 100 points. You lose anywhere from 10 to 200 points for loitering, falling into the pit, or getting caught. And then if you get caught, you end up back in the swamp. And you, as I said, you don't have to rebuild the ladder, but you do have to jump, pull vault back up onto the ledge and climb the ladder back into the shower scene. Once you've managed to climb out of the shower scene, which I guess just means you've kicked this Wonder Woman lasso into the hole and managed to climb a ladder up out of the top of the stream without getting caught, you re-enter the county line scene, and you're Frogger again, basically. And one of the bands will be stopped. Each trip, every time you repeat this cycle through the shower scene, an additional band of traffic stops so that you can actually get across the street, across the highway or whatever. Once you've managed to do all that, if you haven't gotten so bored or so angry by now that you've quit you get to the final uh, the end gambit the final gambit the, 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 the big showdown the big climax if you will it's Porky's Bar you have to do that you have to plant the dynamite chargers as you go up the scaffolding if you reach the top a detonator appears and it's bye bye Porky's to climb the scaffolding position Wee next to the post and push the joystick up only one path will work and it must be approached from the bottom if you're on the right path the arrow on the left of the screen will turn green if you're wrong the arrow will turn red and you must return to the bottom level and start again exiting the scaffolding gets you a variable score based on difficulty anywhere from 100 to 3200 points getting caught by party loses you 200 points the end and then the manual tells us how sweet it is. But before you start bragging to your friends, check your score. You can blow up the bar and end up with a high or low score. An expert can have a score as high as 8,000. So try again. The action never stops at Porky's. And then the manual gives us a whole list of other games that 20th Century Fox has put out, most of which look way more fun. You know what? I'm going to say all of which look way more fun than Porky's, even though there are several on here that I haven't played before. Actually, I say several. There's not all that many. Bank Heist, I don't think I've played. Earth Die Screaming, I certainly played that. Space Master X7, I don't know what that is. Flash Gordon, I've played. Revenge of the Beefsteak Tomatoes, I've played. Crypts of Chaos, which is the other game Patrick was talking about. I like the title. Uh, the little mini description here is Centuries of Mystery, Hours of Fun. Hmm, maybe I'll look for that. Fantastic Voyage, I don't think I've played. Alien, I have, but I don't think I've done on the show yet. Or maybe I have? I don't think I have. Turmoil, I like Turmoil. Megaforce. 
I've played. And that was an okay game, I think. <laughs> I just noticed the transcriber's notes. I'm reading a transcription of the manual. And here's what the transcriber's note says. They wrote it all, I swear to God. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Anyway, that is how you play Porky's from 20th Century Fox, though God knows why. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Ashley. Before the promo, I said, this game was from 20th Century Fox, God knows why. Well, God may know why, but I also know why, of course, because Porky's was a huge financial success, and they wanted to cash in on it uh, by making a video game, obviously. There was also an 8-bit family version of the game for Romex on Cartridge. The Woodgrain Wonderland review kicks off with this. It's not often that I actually look up a programmer's credentials upon encountering a particularly horrid video game, but Porky's compelled me. As it turns out, Randall Hyde has an amazing CV. He was a lead guy in assembly languages, having developed the Lisa Assembler, which would go on to become the assembly language for Apple II computers. Uh, I'll take your word for all that. And the high-level assembly language. However, he has only one video game to his credit, Porties, proving that a genius for programming and the ability to create a fun game do not always sync up. The reviewer says that after playing this game, it was doubting that Hyde had ever even seen a video game before. The 20th Century Fox video game division was on its in its final days and was trying to exploit as many of its properties as possible so it was inevitable that they take a stab at Porky's. Although the movie obviously offers little in the way of video game scenarios. Kind of works through the uh, how the game sets up, uh, describing it as all just convoluted and boring. There may have been some fun to be had with this game if the mechanics were not so infuriatingly horrible. Kind of like me, this reviewer had some fun pole vaulting around the swamp but that's hardly cause for recommendation though. D-. DefunctGames.com called the game a surprisingly complex game for the Atari 2600 that's remarkably easy to get into. Graphically, it's one of the stronger Atari 2600 titles with large character sprites and lots of color. I will give them that. There is lots of color. The sprites look pretty good. Like I said, the dude kind of looks like Pitfall Harry. Reviewer says the sound design is serviceable, nothing special. That is correct. Uh, aside from the cool explosion effect when you blow up Porky's. I never made it that far because I got sick of playing this before I got there, but I did see it in some of the videos. Its strength is that it can be finished, and with, with how its difficulty tones down with each screw-up, it actively encourages the player to finish. The flaw is the repetition. I got thoroughly sick of the swamp and shower scenes before I finished the game once. The Crappy Games Wiki gets right down to it with, after a very brief description of what the game is, a listing of why it sucks. Very bad controls, including that stupid thing about having to build the ladder and how hard it is to pull vault. How hard it is to avoid Miss Ballbricker in the shower scene. The road that you have to get across. 
and then the constant repetition, the scaffolding area in the last part, which is like an invisible maze that changes each time, and the fact that the final area is just Pee-wee jumping on a detonator. If you have some time, go watch some of the videos on YouTube of people trying to master this game. They're pretty funny and horrid at the same time. All right, well, after the break, we hit the showers. In 263 episodes, it's safe to say I've never done as much preparation for a field report as I did for this stupid game. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is an awful, awful game. I sure wasn't going to pay for the cartridge. I downloaded a ROM, but for some reason the ROM, even though I got it from a couple different places, wouldn't work. Pee-wee wouldn't show up on the screen. Even he thought it was a stupid game, apparently. So I am at free80sarcade.com, playing it on an emulator, I guess. So I have a very strange setup with the camera and the mic and all of that. So your video is probably worse than usual. But you know what? Stupid game. So it doesn't deserve much more than this. The other thing that I've done that I don't usually do is practice. Most of the time, the game that I'm going to do that week, I get it out the day of recording. I play it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. And then I do the field report. And for a lot of the games, that's all that I've ever played it, that game up until that day. Pac-Man, Frogger, Pitfall, Mega games like that, of course, I played a lot as a kid. But most of these, uh, I have not really spent any time with until the day of recording. This one, however, this game is so damn hard that I had to practice throughout the week. Actually, I intended to practice throughout the week. I played it a little bit like a week ago and then tried to forget about it until today and got it out again. But that still counts as practice, because I've still played it more than I have most field report games. So, you know what? Let's get this over with. Alright, so we have the opening screen here. There's Pee-wee. He's got to run across this uh, busy street, Frogger light. There's a motorboat and car and some naked women, I guess. Because that's a thing you see on the highway. Now, I'm going to try and do this. I can tell you right now it's going to be futile, because that's how it's set up. And there we go. We are inexplicably in a swamp with a pole vault. There we go. Now, I'm going to be totally honest here. I kind of like this pole vaulting thing in small doses. It looks kind of cool when your guy does that. He looks a little bit like Pitfall Harry. But the problem is, there's way too much of this. Hold on. I'm going to adjust the sound here a little bit. I don't know how much the mic is picking up, but it sounds really loud to me. So, the idea is you got to pole vault up onto the side where the little glowing brick is. Which is actually a rung of the ladder. And you got to put in four rungs... I guess on each side of this ladder so that you can get to the next part. This is why I've been practicing because this section is really hard and really tedious and I've been practicing in the hopes that I can cut down a little bit on how long this field report is. 
Nope, not yet. For some reason when I go this direction, it's easier for me than when I go this direction. Hey, need some glowing bricks. Sorry, my video's uh, going wonky. Sorry about that. Just a minute. Alright, I made it. Now we're in the locker room. Here we see a representation of nudity in Atari, if you're into that sort of thing. These ladders are... damn it. The ladders are inexplicably hard to climb. There's Porky, I guess, whatever that guy's name is. Why he's here, I don't know. Seriously, I did a lot of homework for this game. I watched videos, I practiced. The only thing I haven't done as of the time of this recording is watch the movie, although I'm considering it for the podcast, trying to decide how diligent I am. And he got me. That's actually Nurse or Coach Ball Bricker, whatever. She moves really fast. She doesn't need to worry about climbing the ladders. So this game is set up to have you fail over and over again. Maybe that's in keeping with the movie, given that the guys are in the movie are losers. I, I don't know. But it doesn't make for good gameplay. I'm gonna do this a little longer till I get bored. More bored. Come on. Get up there. There we go. Ah. So basically what I'm trying to do, you know, I don't know if you saw that little yellow curly Q thing, kind of look like a lasso maybe? I don't know. I'm not even sure what it is. I'm going to say primer cord because of course the objective of the game is to ultimately blow up porkies. You have to get to that. You have to kick it back down into the hole that leads back to the swamp. Why? I don't know. And then ultimately you're supposed to be able to get out of the shower room. I will tell you right now, I've never gotten out of the shower room. Um, I lost interest in this game before I made it that far. And I'm kind of losing interest in this field report. Yeah, you know what? I think I've made you sit through like eight minutes of this. Yep, just over eight minutes now. So uh, I'm going to do a mercy killing on this field report. Back to you in the studio. Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. Hell's Serial, Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables, is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. 
Zombies in Love, Twisted Car Races, and the aforementioned Devilish Breakfast Food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Beats a decoder ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you like to get your books. Not cereal. So, here's the thing about Porky's. The movie, when I do a movie review here, but I don't think I've ever actually seen the movie. I mean, many years ago I saw clips of the shower scene, of course, because I'm an American teenage, I was an American teenage boy, but I don't think I've ever sat and watched the whole movie. I considered doing so for this podcast because it turns out that Amazon has the uh, movie included for free, so it wouldn't have cost me anything to watch it, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I am toying with the idea of making that the movie I review at the end of the year, but I'm really hoping something better comes along before then. As for the game, what else can I say? It's a terrible game. It's just not fun. I mean, you could maybe conceivably make a game of Porky's that is kind of plays into the whimsy, not whimsy, that plays into the quirkier elements of the movie. And I mean, you could even, you could make it a game more for adults and or lean into the shower scene or lean into some of the more risque elements if you wanted to. But this game seems to shoot for a middle road. And, you know, the one reviewer said it kind of looks like the programmer knows how to program but had never actually seen a video game before because the game is just unfairly hard, frustratingly repetitious. It's just a dumb game. It's not just a not fun game. It's a dumb game. So I, I hate it. 263 episodes. I finally got to a game that I actively hate. And this is it. Congratulations, Porkies. If you guys have thoughts about Porkies, the movie or the game for that matter, let me know in one of the ways that you know how to contact me. And if you don't know how to contact me, hang out to the end of the show and I'll tell you how to contact me. It's story time. Atari Bites Yes, it's story Story, story, story time With Bill This week's story actually comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner It's the world premiere of a new poem titled Boobs, a poem Big ones, small ones Medium too Perty, restrained You love them all Under their spell, so many fall. No looking. Don't be a boob fool. Thump those melons. Contain the boobs. Oh. Oh. Wait. Not boobs on our chests. Avert eyes from pundits who jest. No Twitter. No bars. No dark web. More real talk. Less existential dread. Focus on truth. Keeps us all abreast. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Refermat. 
Take a Chance in Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Listen, I know you love this show, but you don't have to blow up a crooked strip club to prove it. Just go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-stripper review. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, check us out on Instagram. I promise you, there will not be a single shower scene in any of those places. Or will there? I'm going to have to add some extra tears on the Patreon before we start looking at that. You can call us if you like. Uh, leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much anything you want, and I will probably play it on the show. Check out the website, carnivalofgleecreations.com. You're going to find their information, show notes, social media, all sorts of stuff for this podcast, Atari Bytes, for my other podcast, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, information and links to a few places that you can get books that I've written, like Hell Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, and info about other stuff that I've done. Just all sorts of things. Now it's time for me to thank most of the patrons, with one notable exception. Thanks to uh, the uh, patrons who support the show. You can be a patron as well. Go to www, because that's how websites work, patreon.com, link in the show notes, the Atari Bytes page over there, uh, and support the show. Supporters get stuff. Uh, You might get episodes early, not necessarily having to wait until Sundays, you might get uh, bonus content, including the field report. Uh, we videotape those field reports every week and put them up there on the Patreon. I will warn you that this week's field report looks awful. The round that I downloaded, because I wasn't going to pay for the cartridge for porties, the round that I downloaded for some reason, even though I got it from a couple different places, wouldn't go on my Harmony cart. I mean, it would go, but you turn the game on, Wee would not appear on the screen. So you couldn't see what you're doing. You couldn't move. It was weird. Even though, like I said, I got the ROM a couple different places. So what I ended up doing was playing uh, the game on an emulator on my um, on my laptop computer. So I had the computer sitting on the desk. I had a microphone on one side of me. I had the video camera balanced on my on a tripod, which is not a great tripod, on my lap pointed at the screen, and that's how I did the field report. It looks terrible. It sounds okay, but it looks terrible. Uh, so apologies to you uh, patrons for that. It, yes, I know. There are better ways I could have done it if I had the equipment, but I don't. And again, I wasn't going to spend the money for better equipment just to do a Porky's field report. So apologies in advance. Big thanks to, as I said, most of the patrons, most of the current patrons, including Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Goebel, and I am putting Patrick McCarthy on thank you probation. I thanked him last week. I will most certainly thank him next week. I will tell him to keep the comments coming, maybe give us some more stuff about Blip Magazine, but I never, ever uh, want to speak to Patrick again or hear from Patrick again about Porky's because, uh, yuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you for the suggestion, Patrick. I don't know when I would have gotten around to Porky's otherwise. It's kind of like it's kind of like going to the uh, well. Let's see. I'm uh, I'm 50 now, so it's kind of like going to the doctor for your for your prostate exam. There you go. It's kind of like that. You know, you got to do it at some point. So you might as well just get it over with. So thank you, Patrick, for setting up my podcasting prostate exam. I'm so happy it's over. All right. Well, 
this uh, ickiness is just about over. All that's left is for me to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. We're going old school. We're just going to play Pong. Yes, that Pong. It's one of the games included on the flashback, which I haven't pulled out for a while. So I'm going to do that next week, and I'm going to play Pong. Why the hell not? So, until next time, well, first, if you have thoughts about Pong, you know, where it came from, what it is, uh, what you think uh, as, as basically being the start, more or less, of video games, you know, let me know. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.